Mike Evans and DJ Moore helped you win fantasy championships in 2023, but we are fading them and other wide receivers heading into 2024. Find out why on today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm one of your hosts, Michelle Majuk. When I'm not doing this, I'm a researcher and fantasy analyst for NFL Network. I'm your other host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Today, Vinny and I are going to each pick three wide receivers that were fading after a really solid or good fantasy season last year in 2023 we went through our running backs that we're fading on yesterday's show so if you missed that go listen to that after this episode Vinny let's start with your first wide receiver candidate that you think will fade off in 2024 after having a nice year in 2023 yeah it's not a surprise that I went in this direction it's Stefan Diggs he's an older wide receiver he's above 30 now And we saw it happen in the second half for the Bills where he just wasn't clicking with Josh Allen. They had a different offensive direction with Joe Brady where they focused a lot on James Cook in the running game, threw to the tight ends, threw to the middle of the field, and they just couldn't get Diggs and Allen going the way that we're used to. So, And now there are some rumors whether they would trade Diggs, but there's not a lot of takers out there because he's a little older And he has a big contract. So the Bills kind of have to fight through it. And he says he's going to stick in Buffalo. But you figure they're going to upgrade their second receiver. Gabe Davis is a free agent. You figure that Dawson Knox will be healthier to help Dalton Kincaid. And then you'll have Khalil Shakir step in a bigger role. So I think Diggs might be going into more of a complementary role as we go forward here, the way they want to use him in this offense. I'm not going to say he disappears. He's still going to get some key targets and probably lead the team in targets. But he's not that big name that you're used to taking in the top 10. I mean, this finish says that from last year. That was his overall finish, a wide receiver 10. This is despite having a really hot start, and he ended up as wide receiver 15. So well into the wide receiver twos last season with his production. So again, will this trend continue? I always like to look at what happened in the last few weeks of the season, four to six weeks to see if I'll carry over. And again, he's not going to get suddenly get better. He's getting older. He's a little bit more worn down. He's kind of a misfit right now, exactly with what he wants to do in this offense with Josh Allen. He's not totally happy to be there as well. And we know Diggs can play with a chip on his shoulder And it can go either way. It can go with him really producing or really not. And I I think I'm going to lean toward, I don't want to invest in a guy who's above 30 and heading to be 31. I think the biggest worry for me is that they stuck with Joe Brady uh, at OC. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing for the Bills, but we did see the decline in Josh Allen really trying to fit it into Diggs, uh, just going to him nonstop. Like That stopped as soon as Dorsey was gone. And they spread it around more, which might be a good thing for the Bills. But then also right after the season, they brought up they need to help Stephon Diggs. They need to get other pieces in that offense. I think that's going to be their main priority this offseason is bringing in other guys that complement Diggs so that I I think they're kind of giving up on the Gabe Davis, you know, uh, 
Yeah. A, he's a free agent, but I don't think they're going to bring him back. Like, I think they tried yeah, it out. It didn't work. Yeah, he's too inconsistent. He's not good enough as a, a true wide receiver, too, to help out with Stephon Diggs, get him open. But they now have their their really good young tight end that I think can be a great pass catcher in Dalton Kincaid. They just have to find that really good now wide receiver, too, to go with Diggs. And I think that helps out the whole team. But then at the same point, Diggs has been so good because of the volume, because of the targets, that if those go down, yeah, he's not going to be worth one of those, you know, a top two round pick next year. Yeah, we also have to see this Allen Diggs relationship. They used to be best buds. They were on magazine covers together uh, saying we were immediate friends and all this. But I don't know if there was a falling out, but maybe they're not as close as they used to be. And it could be just the way this offense goes. And again, Diggs has a bit of a diva attitude as a wide receiver. He's had it. It's kind of what made him move from Minnesota and Minnesota probably is happy because they have Justin Jefferson. Now they got to figure out how to pay him. But I think he was best when he had that second guy, Adam Thielen, and he came up and that really helped Stefan Diggs kind of develop into an alpha. Right now he's an alpha who needs some help. He's not just the guy you're going to plug and play and get that production that we're expecting. Again, the fade was there already last season. So we're looking at, but he's not a guy that I'm going to be targeting in a lot of drafts this season. And typically he's not a guy that I've looked at too much because of where I'm drafting. But in this season in particular, I think I'm not going toward digs as much as possible. Yeah, I'm with you. And another guy I'm fading a bit is DJ Moore. He ended his wide receiver six overall. A lot of this comes down to the quarterback, right? If the Bears happen to keep Justin Fields and totally change your mind and don't go rookie quarterback, then sure, I'm still down that DJ Moore should have a really nice season next year. But the thing with Moore was that he had some huge weeks with Justin Fields. Now, that stretch of time with Tyson Badgett, brutal, right? No good yeah. fantasy finishes in there. It was, it was really bad for him. But with Fields, he had some huge weeks, finished as a wide receiver six, wide receiver one, wide receiver six, 13, two, three. Like, these are all very uh, awesome finishes. And then some sprinkled in solid games, a, a couple bad games still with Fields there. But that happens with every wide receiver. So he and Fields had this really nice connection. Now it's expected that they're going to, you know, probably take Caleb Williams, probably move on from Justin Fields. We'll see what happens there. But it is rare for wide receivers to be elite in fantasy with a rookie quarterback. I know we just had CJ Stroud with the Texans and he, you know, did his thing with Nico Collins. Hank Dow was great, but that's rare, right? We can't just expect this rookie quarterback to come in and provide this great fantasy uh, output for his wide his top wide receiver. That just doesn't happen all that often. And then also plus DJ Moore was the only wide receiver on this team last year. It was Darnell Mooney, who he was dealing with injuries pretty much the whole year, and now he's a free agent. And it was just him. That's it. DJ Moore and Cole Komet at, at tight end. I do think it, either it be Fields, you need to build around him, or if it's a rookie, you have to add more rep weapons for that rookie to succeed. So I do think they bring in another wide receiver that could steal some targets for more. I feel so bad for DJ Moore, Michelle, because this guy is a top-level talent. And look, going back – to Carolina, some of the quarterbacks he's played with. He played with a fading Cam Newton. He started with him. Then there's Taylor Heineke was in there, Kyle Allen. You had Sam Darnold. You had uh, Teddy Bridgewater. You had a little bit of Baker Mayfield. It was just crazy. And even don't forget, like, P.J. Walker, these guys that have started for the Panthers. And now he had to deal with uh, Bajent last year on top of Fields, and now he might lose Fields and has to go through a rookie. I just feel bad for D.J. Moore because we saw – 
if he can get going and develop chemistry with one quarterback, he's going to go nuts. And we saw that with Fields. I think he was feeling with Fields. So it's a shame. It's kind of weird, right? The Bears made this blockbuster trade and got DJ Moore to help Justin Fields. And now they're thinking about moving on from Justin Fields and pairing DJ Moore with someone else. So I don't know. I, I think the Bears might be too hasty in moving on from Fields when they just need a lot of help at other positions. They got the draft capital to do that. And look, they're going to bring in a number two receiver. And even if they don't kind of say, we're going to use that pick on Marvin Harrison, we're going to be adamant about going after Caleb Williams. Then you look at who else is there. Roma Dinze, Malik neighbors. These are two guys that could be in the wheelhouse for that number nine overall pick. And, all of a sudden, you have a potential number one type receiver coming in with DJ Moore. And don't forget, Cole Komet is still a key target in this team. I'm not saying he cuts in a lot to what DJ Moore does, but it's still another guy. I think they're going to upgrade massively at wide receiver, so it's not going to be the dominant volume for DJ Moore. But yeah, it just sucks for DJ Moore. He's going to have to adjust to another new quarterback, and that's probably going to come with a bit of decline in production until he gets on the same page with that guy, too. And He's going to be good, but he just needs a lot of help from the right quarterback. Yeah, and I think this is like the first year DJ Moore had this type of fantasy season. And again, it did come with inconsistency. So I do think he's going to probably be drafted a little too high. And I did just mention that, you know, wide receivers with rookie quarterbacks typically don't perform elite seasons. Now, one guy we're going to talk about in our next segment, he did perform, have an elite fantasy season with a rookie quarterback but you are fading him next season. We're going to get to that in our next segment. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. It's class-exclusive Google built-in will be your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone because Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are all built into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is a perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. Nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It has room for up to eight people an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced capability for 4x4. With 284 horsepower and up to 6,000-pound towing, when a venture calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop Nissan USA. I kind of teased there at the top of this segment that you have a you have a wide receiver that was pretty fantastic last year with a quarterback that's going into a second season with the same OC. I will add the OC is still there. Yeah. So why are you down on Nico Collins, Vinny? I just think that was an exceptionally crazy season. Like we all expected they had his potential to break out, but he finished wide receiver nine overall in half point PPR. He was even better than that with his average scoring wide receiver six. He was a top half wide receiver one. So if you got him, you really paid off, but you also had to deal with some injury in the middle of the season. And he had like four massive weeks and otherwise it was quiet. He had big, big weeks. So there was some inconsistency there with his scoring. But the other thing, the numbers game purely points to here, Michelle, is that it's very hard to have two receivers finish in the top 12. 
And he said, wait, Tank Dell didn't do that. But yes, in terms of average scoring, he was in the top 12. We saw that before with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. It didn't work out last year for them. We're going to see it probably again with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, where both of them are not going to be there in the top 12. It's just very hard to do that. And I think a few years ago, we also had Jamar Chase and T. Higgins do that. So again, Tank Dell is going to be back and he missed a lot of time. Let's keep that in mind. And I think to me, Michelle, I think when Tank Dell was on the field, I think C.J. Stroud made him the number one target. And you talked about our bounce back tight end and Dalton Schultz and what he can do. I think they'll add some receiving help there for C.J. Stroud. I think they'll get a back, by the way, who's going to be more proficient in the passing game. Like if it's an Austin Eckler or some type like that, that was a little bit missing from their offense last year. A good receiving back who can eat some shorter volume. So the targets are going to be spread around a little bit more. We're going to assume Tank Dell is going to be healthy out there. They're going to have a third wide receiver. Schultz is going to be more involved from the get-go. And as yeah, if see, yeah, that's the key, right? He has to resign. I think they'll look for a tight end upgrade. Or we saw a little bit of Brevin Jordan last year, so maybe they're higher on him. But then we look at the other aspect of this is it's a second-year quarterback. So CJ Stroud loved Collins a lot last year, but he's going to be more confident to spread the ball around. And Dell, I think, is his boy. So you got to sacrifice Collins if you want more of Dell, Michelle, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, no, 100%. I do think, I don't think Nico Collins finishes as a wide receiver nine or wide receiver six on average if Tank Dell doesn't get hurt, right? Collins did have some big games even when Dell was there. But once Dell went out, it, it became a little bit more consistent with his target share as well. I do think Nico Collins is a very good wide receiver. And I do think, let's say... If he was a first-round drafted guy, we'd probably be all a lot bigger on this with C.J. Straw. But because he went third round, we're a little bit lower on him. Maybe that's not fair because I do think he showed all the talent he needed to show. He shows that big play ability, but he did bring it up. It was inconsistent, right? So when you're drafting him, if he's in the first three rounds, it's going to be hard to trust him week to week to week to be your wide receiver one, right? But if you're able to get him in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, and he's sitting there as your wide receiver too, I think that would make me feel a lot better. So I still think he ends up at the end of next year, his fantasy numbers will look fine, right? It's just how do they come? Do they make you feel good about it? Or is it like uneasy the whole ride there? And I think that's what it kind of season it can be for Nico Collins if Tank Dell does, you know, take that next step forward and is healthy all year. My guy is much older than your guy. So Mike Evans, I feel like they do kind of remind me of each other. Those big play guys that can make just insane catches. But Mike Evans is much, much older. But he ended up as a wide receiver five overall. Huge shock to everyone because Baker Mayfield was his quarterback. Most of the fantasy world was down on Mike Evans entering this year. But so much of his production came from those 13 receiving touchdowns. In games with zero touchdowns, it was only six of them because he scored so often. But in those six games without a touchdown, he averaged 6.1 points per game in fantasy and half PPR. That is brutally low, right? So it's because he only had more than 70 receiving yards in six games this year. He had fewer than 50 receiving yards in six games. So like the the receiving yards wasn't so much there. The the volume wasn't consistent consistent at all, or even days he would get a lot of targets. It wouldn't turn into a lot of receptions, right? Because they wouldn't hit him and Baker wouldn't hit on all of these, but uh, Evans definitely had huge days. I mean, he had four finishes inside the top five, a, a couple more inside the top 10. This really brought up 
his overall production. And again, because of those touchdowns. But what does scare me now, A, we have to figure out if Baker Mayfield's back. But then they're changing offensive coordinators from Dave Canales to Liam Cohen. We don't know what that means. We don't know what the system will look different. I will say Baker played under Cohen uh, with the Rams in 2022 in those few games. It wasn't pretty statistical-wise under him, but at the same time, Tutu Atwell was Baker Mayfield's wide receiver one. A bit different than the situation he's in now, but I do just think there's things moving around. Mike Evans is getting older, and you can't just trust that he's going to put up 13 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, this might be one of the most underappreciated receivers of all time when we go forward. He is inconsistent. I get that, and he is a bit touchdown and big play dependent, but that's been Mike Evans throughout his career, and I think that's why it sneaks up on us when we look, oh, this guy always gets a 1,000-plus yards. He's always pushing for double-digit touchdowns because he's so big and he can stretch the field. So what Mike Evans does is defy some logic because – He can be extremely inefficient and still be very good because he's such a good field stretcher and he's such a good scorer. So he doesn't need a lot of volume there all over the field to make his production, right? And he also doesn't need to have a high catch rate to get it done. So he's very unusual in terms of that, but he's probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame because he's very consistent, puts up consistent numbers uh, from year to year, even though they're inconsistent from game to game, right? I think that's the little conundrum with Mike Evans. And you're right, he's getting older. I think that was the biggest reason we faded, but I think the bigger part was Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield, but Mayfield, we forgot, has a big arm and is going to target a guy downfield like this a lot. So I'm not going to be so low on Mike Evans. Like I still think he has something left until I see the real sharp decline, but I can't invest in him that high, right? Wide receiver five. It's hard for anyone to duplicate this number. And it, I will it, say it, yeah, it, it is important to note that he is a free agent, right? I just yeah. I can't picture him signing with anyone else but the Buccaneers. Maybe that's my own. Brain Get him to the Chiefs this. and I'll be thrilled. Yeah, um, so we'll see where he, we're talking about him with the Buccaneers. We'll see where he signs. But I, I do think the Buccaneers are a good spot for him overall in terms of fantasy. I just, I don't think he finishes as a top 10 wide receiver again. Um, probably more around the 15 to 12 range. And he's going to be drafted up high because of the season that he had last year. Uh, yeah, I think the good thing about him is that he is going to be a gamer. Like, even though he was talking about his contract and the issues, he's going to go out there and play hard. He's been a dedicated guy. He's worked hard his entire career. So he's going to stay in shape wherever he's going if he's staying in Tampa. And the other thing that could also prompt him to say Buccaneers, he's not going to be a ring chaser, right? He already has one. So that kind of says, okay, I'll stick around. I've been a guy in Tampa in the community for all along time and I think that's going to help and just going to keep him around and good the one thing that I would say is the Mayfield Evans chemistry and say I got to sign resign both these guys so mm-hmm. if Mayfield somehow leaves then we're going to reassess this again as well and in our last segment we'll look at uh, two guys that could be changing quarterbacks here in different ways and we'll get to them as our final fades of the show All right, Michelle, this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. We are looking at our fantasy football teams, and maybe we were frustrated the way we finished last season. We're looking for not having guys to fade next year and uh, just feel better about our teams. It can be really tough to go through that season, and you have to kind of overcome that. Well, 
look, we're talking about fantasy football where there's some bigger things that we need to get off our chest as well. And the best way you can do that is with online therapy, because uh, look, I go to therapist and they just help me when I'm lost, find the roadmap that I need to get back on track with life, with things that are going on that are going to weigh down on us every day. And I really can't, uh, say enough about what therapy has done for my life. It's been game changing and I want you to have that same experience as well. And, and if you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great way to do that because it's all online here. And really it's fantastic because you can be in control of your therapy and it can be different for everyone. So you want to kind of tailor make it for yourself. Most of us have bigger problems than what's going on with our fantasy team. It's important to get off your chest, all those things Every once in a while, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. You can change therapists whenever you need to to find the right fit. Visit BetterHelp.com/lockedon to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, help H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on to take advantage of that offer right now. All right, Michelle, let us close the show and look at two more. Wide receivers are fading, so we'll have six in all when we're done. This player that you have, I think he's not going to be on his team. I just wrote about that for Sporting News. He's a great trade candidate. He already thinks he's not going to be on his team. It's Brandon Ayuk. So tell me why he's going to fade possibly out of San Francisco. So I think he will be on the 49ers because I think okay. the 49ers is extremely, extremely stubborn, including Kyle Shanahan. I mean, we saw how they dealt with Debo Samuel. They weren't going to trade him no matter what. They don't care. They do not. This is one thing I have an issue with 49ers uh, franchise with. They don't care about the person when it comes to their players in the slightest. They have shown that. So that kind of icks me out. So that's why I think Brandon Ayuk will be there even if he wants to leave. But let's. So in my interpretation of this, he's still with the 49ers, and that's why I'm fading him this year because A, it's never a good thing to have this whole fight all off season, right? It's not good for production uh, in the upcoming year in, in most situations. So right there off the bat, not a great way to come into the season, but he finishes the wide receiver 14 in fantasy this year. But that really came off of the back of three really big fantasy days, over 20 fantasy points in each of those three games. Those were his three games with over 20 fantasy points. It came in week one, week 11 and week 17. It's very spread apart by the way, too. Yeah. When you got those good fantasy days. So it's not like you could even predict when they were coming. And the other 13 games he played, he averaged 10.6 fantasy points per game. I mean, that is not yeah. impressive in the slightest. He finished outside the top 30 wide receivers in the, in six weeks, including three weeks outside the top 50. So destroyed you in three weeks. And then he finished in the top, inside the top 10 only four times all year long. And with his best week coming in week one. So he hurt you way more than he helped you. He just disappears too much, and it's because he doesn't ever have super high volume on this team. There's too many other weapons. He had four fewer receptions in seven of 16 games, five or fewer receptions in 11 games, six or fewer receptions in 14 of 16 games played. So that means he had one game with seven receptions, one game with eight receptions. Like, not enough volume there. The, he had one singular game with double-digit targets this season, and it ended up not even being a good game. It was four receptions, 76 yards, zero touchdowns. He's on a team that's just crowded with talent. He's not. It's not consistent enough with him. He, and it's just these big, huge weeks do come up, but that's what is skewing the end-season result for his fantasy numbers. 
Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit from this perspective. I think I agree with you if he stays with the 49ers, but I really think he's going to be moved because I think his value is never going to be higher. And the other thing is they already know they've invested in Debo Samuel and George Kittle, and they know they have to play Brock Purdy. And they did this a little bit with DeForest Buckner, right? They didn't have it work out as well. They traded DeForest Buckner without Javon Kinlaw was going to be a direct replacement for him. And it was actually the same draft where they got Brent Ayuk in 2020. So I think they're going to move him because I think they're also smart financially and they want to have some funds to pay Purdy. There's just simply no way they can keep Kittle, Samuel, Ayuk, and Purdy all to their liking with their contracts. And I don't think they want to, right? I think they could figure out what they could do at wide receiver. I mean, they still have Jennings under contract. He's a restricted free agent. I know he's more of the slot guy, but I think they would feel confident. It's a deep wide receiver class. Go get a rookie that can help. Maybe one of these guys they've drafted already, like a Ronnie Bell or someone, is good enough, right, to do what they need to do in occasional deep threat. So in that sense, it has to be a right landing spot for Brandon Ayuk. I think the highest you go, I'm going to keep throwing it out there, the Chiefs rent him for a season, let him go to free agency. He can help them put them over the top, be an upgrade over Marcus Valdez-Gantling. Now we're talking. Unfortunately, the best fit for him may not happen because it would be Arizona, but I don't know if the 49ers are willing to help a division foe. So (laughs) that would be a great fit because he's from Arizona. They need a number one receiver, and Kyler Murray and him would have good chemistry. So I'm not sure. I think if it's 49ers or a team – where he's forced to be the number one, I think that's a little bit of miscast, right? I think he has to be a complimentary big play threat. So it was a slight disagreement here, Michelle, but I look at Ayuk. Yeah, he's more volatile. And keep in mind, the reason why they could part ways with him, he didn't start out well. Remember, he was in a bit of a doghouse with Kyle Shanahan, and he had to work out of it, and they finally got trusted as a receiver that they wanted on the field, right? Remember all that fickle stuff earlier? So let's say, okay, Thanks, Brandon. We did a good job with you, but now we can flip you potentially for a first-round pick. I think the one thing that could come to that pass here is that, hey, the wide receiver class is strong, so this might say another team may not trade for him also. So some things to consider. So, yeah, I think, I again, that same thing I talk about, two guys finishing in the top 12 is not going to happen again. Yeah, I, I... It's just hard for me. If they can get a, they could definitely get a first round pick from him. I don't think they would trade yeah. him unless they get a first round pick. That would be silly. But then you need to find the right, uh, you know, someone's not going to pay a top 10 pick for him. And then you don't want to go too low where you're getting the 32nd overall pick like the Chiefs. So you got to have that perfect trade partner there where it feels good for you. And they could still use the fifth year option on Ayuk to have him still next year. I don't know. I think he stays with the 49ers. I hope they do. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think he's on the list here of players we're going to watch, and I think there's going to be some crazy movement. Now, I'll just get to mine real quick here to close the show. I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's Devontae Adams here. Now, I don't know whose quarterback is going to be. Let's face it here. And this quarterback situation was already not great for him last year between Jimmy Garoppolo and Aiden O'Connell, and he was angry, right? He's happy that uh, Antonio Pierce is the head coach, but I don't know if he's going to be happy about the direction of quarterback. He came here on the premise and promise that Derek Carr was going to be with him. He gets one year of Derek Carr with reunion. He's getting a little older. He's not going to see anyone at the level of Aaron Rodgers ever again in his career. So look, is it JJ McCarthy? Are they going to be the team that goes after Justin Fields? We'll see with Luke Getze there. But I just don't know. I think you already saw the fade in his play a little bit. I mean, Jacoby Myers was looking like equal to him in a few games this season. So you look at it, he is wide receiver 
18 last year, wide receiver 11 there. I think he's a name, and that's why I want to be buyer beware. He's a name that we're used to consistently taking the top 12. I think if you do that again, it's a big mistake this season. Yeah, I'm in a mock draft, and you know, he when he's sitting there in the third, fourth round, it's like Devontae Adams. Like, that's Devontae yeah. Adams. Like, how do you not yeah. pick him? But I do think at this point, he is just that name, and it's going to be really hard not to take him in drafts because we do know what he's capable of doing. And a big part of this, well, who's their quarterback, right? We we don't know that answer yet. So I don't want to say I'm 100% out. Maybe they surprise us. Maybe they are able to trade for somebody. Who knows what happens, yeah. right? Maybe Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. Yeah. It, it, it could be a, uh, we don't know what's going to happen there yet. But if it's a rookie, then, yeah, I think that at that point, you just have to say, let, let someone else take him. If he has a good year, fine. Like, I'm willing to risk that. But at this point in his career, if it's with a rookie quarterback, I, I, I'm going to stay away. Yeah, and I don't see there's any stare of him training to the Jets. So <laughs> that's one thing. I mean, Aaron Rodgers will probably do his best to play GM and get him there, but I just don't see that happening. So, yeah, it's the end of an era. Devonta Adams has been an elite fantasy receiver for a long time, but I think those days are about to go. Like, he's still very talented and a veteran who can get it done, but – Again, we saw the fade last year, and I think it'll only continue as he gets used to get an offense he knows, at least, from the Packers uh, with Getze. But, yeah, I'm just not feeling it this year. And, look, you can see that in the pre-draft rankings if you're looking at that now. And don't forget all those rookie receivers we talked about, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Roma Dinze. These guys are going to push some of these guys down, and we know that rookie wide receivers were big assets last year. Thank goodness for this rookie wide receiver yeah. class because we're starting we to see the end of the era with Diggs and <laughs> yeah. Adams and Cooper Cup. So it'll be nice to get some fresh faces in here. Really a great time for this new class, which we will end up, uh, you know, discussing about in, a, in the next couple of weeks here. We'll we'll dig into all the rookies. But that is it for today's show. Thank you all for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day, as Vinny and I will be back on Monday discussing more fantasy goodness. Enjoy your weekend. Bye, y'all. See you.